Connor Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnerEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, hey, it's Gunnar Esiason. Uh, uh, we are back for another podcast. Uh, as always, joined by Tiffany Rich. Tiffany, how are you? I'm very good, and I'm excited about this episode. I am too. And uh, for those of you who have listened to the podcast, you may already know our guest because she did appear on an episode um, about six months ago. Um, but we are yeah. excited to uh, bring Amanda Varnes back to the podcast. Mm-hmm. She is 24 years old, living with cystic fibrosis, and she has just gone through her third double lung yeah. transplant, um, which is so. extremely rare. So we are uh, yes. all of you listeners out there in podcast world, you are uh, extremely fortunate to be hearing from somebody who has gone through three double lung transplants. Uh, the mm-hmm. very, very, very exclusive club that Amanda is in. Amanda, how are yeah. you? Um, welcome back to the podcast. We are so happy that you uh, are, are with so us. Um, but how, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I am you know, doing rehab, just helping build up my strength again and just really enjoying this chance I've gotten. I'm the 11th person in the United States to get this, the third, third at Duke. So I'm extremely Mm. grateful to be here. Yeah, you are certainly a part of a very exclusive club. Um, yeah. Something that only a handful yeah. of people in the entire world can say they've ever done. Um, and mm-hmm. we're, of course, extremely happy for you that you're doing so well. Yeah. Um, but we do know that it was a little bit of a rocky road leading into the transplant. And then, of course, there were some, tra- mm-hmm. some complications you had afterwards, which we're going to talk mm-hmm. about th- throughout the episode. Um, but mm-hmm. first, let's start off. Why, why did you need a third transplant? And to, to, to the listeners who may not have already uh, heard Amanda's story, your, your sort of lead up to the first two transplants brought on uh, by a pretty nasty fungal infection uh, and then, of course, mm-hmm. some complications after the first transplant. But uh, what, what led to this third transplant? Um, I was doing great. I got to do my first year with no ejection. And then about a year and a half, I got my first battery ejection. And it just wouldn't go away. We did all the treatments, repeated treatments for anti-rejection. And then they kind of diagnosed it was chronic. And then right as they, because they caught it so fast, I was still healthy, pretty healthy going into my third transplant. I was doing rehab, barely (coughs) any oxygen. Um, So it was, my team at Duke really was super aggressive with it. And I think that's what really helped me along the way. So uh, you, you had the third transplant done at Duke. Um, is that where you had the other two done as well, or uh, yes. so you yes. had so you had so you're actually a frequent flyer at Duke for uh, for, for <laughs> yes, organ donation. I'm the only one at Duke that's had all three there. Wow. So, um, okay. So yeah. So believe it or not, Tif- <laughs> Tiffany and I actually uh, last week talked about um, going through different procedures and, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> to hear you are now a pro. 
at going through a transplant surgery or something else. Um, yes. So good thing and bad thing, I guess. So what was like? What was the evaluation process like? Was it you know was it different this time for, for your third transplant? Did they have to look at different metrics or um, what, uh, what? What 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 was different about this? Um, well, it was different because for this one, I actually got to do pre rehab. The last two, yeah. I was way too sick because it was such an emergency. So it was kind of like I actually got to do what everyone else got to do. So, um, but the evaluation process was kind of the same, except they already had a lot of my test results since I'm a patient there. So I didn't Mm -hmm. have to do the super expensive stuff, but I did have to do like, you have to do a six minute walk test, which measures Mm -hmm. like your oxygen, um, and like different, like a manometry, which measures the acid Mm -hmm. in your stomach, which makes you a candidate for the, Fundification wrap, which is it helps with it's called missing with acid reflux, which can damage mm-hmm. lungs, which I've already had. So okay. a lot of it's a little it was a little a little different, but essentially okay. the same. Yeah. How was rehab pre tra- pre this transplant? The first two weeks, I was it was a little tough. I was like, Mom, I. And uh-huh. I felt so much stronger, and I was doing so much more. Yeah, and it, it really it really got me into shape. And in the mm-hmm. hospital, I could tell how much stronger I was. I was able to lift and move yeah. and walk so much differently than the last two. And so, and, and for those listeners out there who may not know, why yeah. do you need to go through uh, rehab pre transplant? They want you as healthy as you possibly can, even though you're so sick. Yeah, they want you you to be able to lift, to be able to move to be able to move like air through your lungs, your mm-hmm. new lungs. And they teach you techniques to breathe and how to like calm yourself when you feel anxious. Mm-hmm. And so it just gets you ready for whatever could happen. Cause you take classes as well. You take mm-hmm. medicine classes, you take breathing classes, swallowing classes, everything to get your body in tip top shape. Mm-hmm. It's essentially boot camp. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's no, it's boot camp, it's boot camp so. for your body. Yeah. yeah. So now the now the, the day comes. Um, how long were you on the list <laughs> waiting for that third transplant? Um, I know that uh, being approved for the third transplant is kind of like the the challenging step uh, for yeah. for for people who who unfortunately do need it. Um, you know what what were your emotions like uh, when when you when you were sort of aware that you did need a transplant and that you were finally accepted into the program? Well, it like all kind of happened like all at once we like went to the doctor and they were like okay we're going to do this big big gun rejecting treatment called campath it's a at our center it's a shot Mm -hmm. um and it completely wipes out your immune system so you're really susceptible to any viruses infections so you have to really be careful and that's like why it's such a big gun but i was like okay i'll do campath it'll work but then my coordinator called us and was like transplant meeting went well you're gonna we're gonna evaluate you for a third and we were like hold up what like and so we knew right from the beginning Mm -hmm. and they wanted us to pretty much at home just to start getting ready so Mm -hmm. i started doing a little bit of what i knew i did at rehab before Mm -hmm. walking Mm -hmm. exercising Mm -hmm. getting stronger eating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they want you to be super healthy in that aspect as well Mm -hmm. um but so that was a whirlwind and then i was listed for about 
a little over a month. I was listed on April 11th, and I got the call on May 17th. So it was a little over a month. So now, what? Now take us to the the process. You know, um, you have you have the transplant surgery. Uh, is is the surgery any different once you've already had a transplant? You know, is there? I have to imagine there's some sort of scar tissue that they're that they're mm-hmm. dealing with. But um, was was the surgery? Uh, you know, from the from what the the doctors have told you, was it any different for you this time? Um, they said it was a, definitely a lot more. We knew going into it, it'd be more complicated, just mm-hmm. because it is a third within two years of my last one right so we knew going in there'd be complications like Mm -hmm. but we didn't know what we just knew it'd be a difficult surgery the scar tissue Mm -hmm. and just like don't knowing how damaged my lungs were Mm -hmm. going Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. you're pretty much shooting blind going in so and Mm -hmm. and were you were you kind of aware that the recovery was going to be a challenge afterwards you know i I, you know i can imagine that (sighs) you know putting your body through that kind of trauma three separate times is definitely not an easy thing it was, I mean, it was one of those things, like, in my mind, I never, I was like, you know what, whatever comes my way, I'll deal with it when it comes. Yeah. Just power through it, get through it. Mm-hmm. Just, and so I kind of had that in mind. I'm, and I'm very mentally tough not to get ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. So if I just take things as they come, I can process it that way. And yeah. worry about what could happen. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about what's going on in the moment. So, now, so did you leave like a, uh, like a medical directive or like, did you leave instructions in the event that, you know, you were sort of incapacitated afterwards, you know, and dealing with the, the complications that are so heavy uh, and, and in a lot of ways, like, you know, mm-hmm. life or death, especially right after this kind of, this kind of surgery, did you, you know, leave instructions with your family? Did you kind of talk about your wants, your needs um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and that kind of thing? Um, I have, after my, before my second, I really talked and link because I was so sick before that one. Um, mm-hmm. Just like, you know, leave me on the vent to have people who want to say goodbye, say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just like stuff like, you know, always have a dog, you know, lean on each other because it's just my parents and I. Mm-hmm. And of right. course, I have my extended family. And yeah. like, when I talk about my family, I'm. But. You know, they already knew that, and they know, like, I have a dog. I'm like, you gotta, you know. I was like, I would leave everything to my dog. I was like, really? But I was, you know, jokingly. Um, but, you know, it's a hard conversation, but it's a conversation you have to have. Uh-huh. Right. Because I would hate for them to be like, we don't know what she wants. Mm-hmm. But yeah. knowing my mom, she would be like, no, she wants this. So I'm on right. the better than I know myself. That's so. true, <laughs> but the, but the great news is that you came through it, and those, you know that was all kind of yeah, you know, all for yeah. not, and that um, yeah. but that is right. an important conversation to have. I think, as you said, you know, it's something that you just want to be able to make sure that your wishes are um, are, are treated as you would like them. Definitely. Um, so now, talk to us a, a little bit about uh, the complications that you did have after the third transplant. Um, you know, in the recovery process. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, before I even get into that, the complications that I had were super rare, yeah. and they're not common. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one was, I was doing great. I was in step down, which is, like, out of the ICU, you're pretty much getting ready to go home. Right. And I was walking, like, 27 laps, looking over a mile each day. Mm-hmm. It was, like, almost, like, two miles. Yeah. And so, and then one morning I woke up, and I was like, something is not right. Like, I feel like I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. I just, and like, my stats were dropping. I kept on, I had to go back on oxygen. 
And I was up to six liters, and they're like, okay, hold on. And it turns out that I ended up getting a CT, and my pleural cavity, which is a test cavity, was completely full with old blood clots from bleeding and fluid. And they had to go in, which is called a washout, and just take it all out. So they had to kind of reopen me and just go in and wash it out. So I went back up to ICU, was doing okay. They placed another epidural, and they ended up getting a spinal leak, which caused me a severe headache and nausea mm-hmm. where I had to lay down. I could barely walk. I, mean, I would walk, but I would be just walking with, like, the nausea bucket mm-hmm. and just trying to push through. And then finally I took the epidural out, and I ended up having a hematoma, which is, like, a huge blood clot in my spine. And it crushed my spine from C4 to T9. So that's essentially your whole back. Yeah. That's from the chest down. And it was it was so fast that the team moved super fast and mm-hmm. what saved me from not being completely paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, you know, it's going to be weeks before she has movement, months before she can walk, maybe mm-hmm. a year before she has any mobility. And I ended up with my toes 24 hours afterwards. Mm-hmm. It was walking 48 hours after that. And I that's like you. unheard of. And that yeah. was my case. It was only the second excuse. That that's ever happened to. Wow. So, Super and I just want to disclaim that now. <laughs> it doesn't happen to everybody. Right. But just to know your body and know how to advocate for yourself. Right. So I want to I want to kind of slide in here. Um, and then Tiffany, I know it looks like you have a question you want to ask too, but um, to kind of unpack this for some of our listeners because we, we kind of we zipped right through it. You know, first it sounds like you know everything was going well. You were, you were about to get out of the hospital. You know, you were you were on you were on the way to to, to smooth sailing, um, but then you unfortunately had the complication where they found that in your chest, uh, you know, it was kind of just it was, your pleural cavity was, was sort of filling up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what what does that? Why does that happen? Um, mm-hmm. You know how? You know what what led to that event? You know, was it just the trauma of the surgery, or did did something kind of trigger that? Uh, because it's, it sort of sounds like it all kind of came all it, it hit you all at once. Yeah, um, they essentially think it was just old blood that had just clotted up and mm-hmm. caused that fluid to not be able to. I had chest tubes not be able to come out. Uh-huh. Um, and I had um, I had a problem with like a DVT, which is a blood clot in my leg, and I was on a lot of heparin, mm-hmm. the heparin drip. So they think it, that was just a combination uh-huh. of all of it. So. And then the second complication from there was that in the, in the midst of fixing that, it almost sounds like some, something with the epidural triggered your, your yes. second issue. So Which, it's not necessarily a transplant-related thing, but a it was almost like a, an, 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 an issue with the epidural. Yes, it was an issue with the epidural. It ended up – there was a problem with it from the start. They get, when they were doing it, they got spinal leakage. They got spinal fluid, mm-hmm. and that can cause a spinal leakage – and the way they just patch it, which means like it's filling out. But then there was complications with mine because I was on I had so many blood transfusions during my operation that I couldn't get a patch of my own blood. I had uh-huh. to get a synthetic patch. And so they were waiting and waiting for that certain surgeon. There was only one that could do that surgery and the time just kind of caused the issue the hematoma to get bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then, yeah. and then from there they were able to, 
once the, once the hematoma was discovered, they were able to actually get in there. And then, what? How did how did they prevent the spread of your paralysis? You know what? Um, you know what uh, did they do to do that? And then, of course, I, we want to know. You know what was your mindset when that was happening? Like, yeah. were you, like, were that you, was my question. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So, were yeah. like, you, were yeah. you uh, aware that you were were paralyzed, or did they have you kind of sedated? You know what? You know what? What state were you in when that was happening? Um. Well, that like that morning, I was having like, I like I needed to go to the bathroom. I was like, I have to like no like you know sorry. I was like I have to pee and I can't pee. And so mm-hmm. then I like got back in bed, and my aunt came in and I like normally she like grab my foot be like hey girly and I was like you didn't say hey to me this morning she like grabbed your foot and I was like I didn't feel I was awake I was like I didn't feel anything my mom came over and ripped the sheet off I was feeling my feet I was like I cannot feel my feet <sighs> I was like I can't feel anything and then it just kind of and then they called the neuro team they came in and literally as they're in there the process just went up my body <sighs> it was like touch me I was like I can't feel that I can't feel that and I remember thinking, oh, my God, like, I'm going to be, you know, wheelchair-bound for the rest of my life. And I need to work these lungs. And there right. was – I was like, Mom, like – I was like – I remember thinking, I don't want to die. And there's, I don't have that mindset. Mm-hmm. But it was so scary because I'm used to lung things and oh, neuro yeah. things are a whole different <laughs> realm of things. And right. I remember they were like, okay, we're taking her down to MRI. And that's when they kind of started sedating me because they wanted me calm for the MRI. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even finish the MRI, which is kind of against their protocol. And the surgeon couldn't even meet with my mom. He had to call her and be like, I know we meet with the families before this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, the months, weeks, years. This is going to be a year process for her. So mom's like, yes, just do what you need to do. So they shaved part of the bone off mm-hmm. and they were able to fixed the hematoma and it was it was very scary it was pretty yeah. touch and touch and go with about if i would walk again after mm-hmm. that and, and you know right. uh, you, you, an interesting like thought there you know like how you you just you said yourself that you know you ne- you never prior to that moment you had never ever you know said you know i, I don't want to die i don't want to die but th- and mm-hmm. you know, to hear you say that, even though you had gone through, you know, three yeah. transplants, you know, <laughs> right. I think it certainly speaks to the kind of character that you have. That, like, you know, you've been through yeah. so much, but then all of a sudden, this thing comes out of nowhere and almost er- erases the entire, you know, the entire thing. But you, but you were able to get through yeah. it. Is, is the important part, um, right? And, yeah. and, I, you and know, being a being a friend on the other side, just looking in, was so scary for us to watch her go through it. Because we have, like, our salty squad, which is all our transplant friends. And just to see her going through what she was going through, just after having a double double lung transplant the third time and then having all these complications, it was just for us to watch her go through that was just so scary for us. And just to think of what she's going through and to hear that she was, you said, I don't want to die. We know Amanda. And Amanda is Miss Bubbly girl over there that she would you know we just know that she has this mindset that she will keep going and will never give up and just to watch that was like just so hard for us to do it but just to see her now is like amazing so I just want to throw that in there because it was you know it's tough for someone on the outside to watch it that loves her so much yeah and you know in my mind 
it was never like I'm not gonna walk. It was like, okay, let's get PT in here. I'm ready to try this. So <laughs> there was never just really I never had like a moment of I'm not gonna be able to walk. I'd be like, let me try. Right. I've always had that mindset of I'd rather try than just lay here and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it was I remember and like it was I got the feeling back in my legs and then I lost it because of after you have spinal surgery you normally have spinal swelling and I lost the movement, but I still had the feeling. And about four o'clock that next morning, I remember I was laying in bed and I kind of like woke up and I felt my toes move. And I remember like banging on the bed to wake my mom up. I was like, get the nurse. Like, you know, I'm all back on the vent too. So like, I pretty much like went back to square one. And I remember I was like, get the nurse, tell them my toes are moving, tell them to get PT in here this morning. So I can get up and try to walk and slowly throughout the day my legs are stronger I can move my knees I could like like move them up and down and then that later that morning I was able to stand with PT Amazing. and march in place and the next day I walked and they were just amazed and neuro I had to climb it today they're like we like they don't see this they're like right. people are just barely getting feeling back now Wow. So my surgeon was like, you wait a lifetime to have a case like this. Wow. You know, a lot of neurosurgeons are very non-emotional, very, like, and he got really emotional about it. And so it was, it's been a crazy ride, but it makes you so grateful for every little thing, like moving your toes. Like, you don't even realize how huge that is when you don't have it. So yeah. uh, you know now you're you're out of the hospital. You know you're you're actually um, you know, you're now a, a little ways removed from your from your your third trans your third transplant. You know the complications are kind of seemingly behind you at this point, but you're still rehabbing. You know what is your prognosis from here? You know what are you kind of doing? Um, and then like what do you want to do now that you can breathe again? You know what are what are your plans? Um, well, it's different because. I do have the spinal injury, mm-hmm. so I'm not able to do a whole lot of what I used to do at rehab because I can't bend, lift, or twist. And remember, they told me that. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and um, so I'm just – they're doing things to strengthen my legs and my arms. And once I'm past a certain point, I think it's like six weeks, I'll be able to do a little bit more with my back. Um, and being able to just sit straight up or, like, lay back straight is totally – I'm like, I don't like this. I want to be able to move. Um, But, you know, I want to, like, I want to go back to Disney. Because when I went to Disney with the girls, I was in a wheelchair. Because I I, I was starting my rejection. Now I want to be able to walk around Disney. And I want to be able to walk my dog. And just do simple things. Like, and I'm, like, today, like, I was in the car singing with my mom. Like, just, I love the simple things. Like, you know walking around the mall or mm-hmm. doing things like that instead of oh. having to rely on someone to push you in a wheelchair right. or be connected to oxygen tank. It's, it's freeing. It's a freeing feeling. Yeah. And you don't know, like, it's just, I don't even know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. It's, well, you can, it really is amazing. It, it's, 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 yeah. it, there is no way to explain it. Amazing is the, is the explanation. It's the word you need to, to use. Um, you know, to, you know, you were a guest on the podcast, what, you know, I can't, you know, I can't remember like six months ago now, maybe yeah. you know, yeah. right around there. And, 
you know, it's like to, to see where you were then, you know, you weren't, mm-hmm. you know, from just from the outside perspective looking in, you know, you, you were, you were kind of, you, you know, you looked, you looked okay. And then all of a sudden, the next thing I knew, Tiffany was telling me, you know, Amanda's yeah. going back in for a third transplant. Mm-hmm. And then now here you are, you know, you know, several months removed from that is just an amazing thing, yeah. Amanda. And it's, it, it's kind of the thing that, uh, really the reason we, 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 we made the podcast was to share stories like yours yeah. so that we can you know, share with the world what you, what you're going through and to, you know, to, to hear you talk about this, like as if it was no mm-hmm. big deal is like, it, yeah. it only makes me, it can only make me laugh. You know, like, you're just like, know, like, I Oh, like, like I had this spinal surgery and I was like, you know, that's oh, mm-hmm. all right. Oh, I just had that. That just happened. <laughs> oh, I'm deal. almost paralyzed. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but now when we go to Disney, you can join the sore feet club. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm walking all those miles, girl. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, Amanda, we uh, thanks for joining the podcast. You know, just to hear that you're doing the, as well as you're doing, despite all you've been through, is just an, an amazing, amazing thing. Um, and you know, we, we will certainly get you back on the podcast as soon as you're out of the rehab stage and into the, yes. the living the life stage. Um, you know, you'll be a, a three-time transplant uh, recipient, but also a three-time pod podcast guest. You can, oh, uh, you yes. can, you can choose which one is more important to you. Um, Please. don't, don't let us know now, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, we are so happy for you. Um, and we're, yeah. we're happy you're, you're doing so well. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back on the podcast. When Tiffany asked me, I was like, absolutely, yes, I love it. We love having you before we let you leave, we have a new segment on the podcast that you've been back. It's the recommendations segment where we ask uh, Tiffany and I to provide a recommendation to our listeners. It has, doesn't have anything to do with CF. You can recommend anything that's going on in your life uh, to somebody, whether you're watching a show, reading a book, or, or whatever. Um, and our guests are now involved in it as well. So, um, Tiffany, you'll get to go yeah. first. What are you going to recommend to our listeners this week? Okay, so I've been eating these new protein bars, and they're called One Bars. And they have, I think, less than a gram of sugar or carbs. So mm-hmm. it's good for those that have diabetes, um, CFRD, whatever, steroid-induced diabetes over here. So I don't have to um, do as much insulin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I like them. They're good. There you go. There's, there's the protein bar for you. All right, my recommendation for the week is um... – for those of you who are uh, into working out or looking for a new thing to add to your cardio regimen, uh, I have been using the rower. Some people call it the rower. Other oh, people call it the yeah, arg like machine. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a great cardio workout. It's like a very, very low resistance workout. Yes. So, you know, it's very easy. On your, I mean, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's, 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 it's decent on your joints. It's not uh, uncomfortable in any way. Um, so that's my recommendation. If you're looking for something new in the gym, yeah. you want to kind of get out there, um, try the rower or the erg machine, whatever your gym calls it. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it, it simulates basically uh, like a crew race, you know, rowing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a really good cardio or kind of gets your heart rate up really, really quickly. Um, yeah. So that is my recommendation for the week. Now, Amanda, what are you recommending for our audience this week? Um, I'm recommending because I did, I do this and I've done this since the beginning of my journey for my third transplant is journaling it helped me just take whatever thoughts I had that were just you know all up in there and putting on paper (laughs) getting it out of my mind yeah and it can be with it would be with anything not Mm -hmm. just what I was going through but what I ate that day or what I did (laughs) and it just helped you kind of like okay well I didn't it's nice to look back it's like oh I did that on that day or like Mm. stuff like that so I journal 
and then I do all that kind of stuff. So yeah. journaling, just writing down your thoughts, diary writing, if you will. But, yeah. So, yeah. so funny, you bring that up. It. Like literally. Two or three weeks ago, Darcy and I found, my girlfriend Darcy, found a journal that I had to keep one summer. It was like a school assignment that mm-hmm. I kept. It was it must have been like fifth or sixth grade that I oh. kept this journal. And Darcy, of course, went through and read the whole thing. Oh, it was yeah. cringeworthy for me. Oh, no. But it was a fun memory to have. So it's, I, uh, yeah. I appreciate you bringing it up. And I'm, I'm glad it's helping you out. It's a good thing. Um, so, uh, that's it for the podcast today. Remember, you can catch us every Thursday on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes. If you're listening, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars for Amanda this week. Five stars Five for Amanda. Stars. Um, we, uh, will be back next week. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram at breathe underscore in underscore pod. Uh, and you can email us at breathe underscore in underscore pot at assassin.org. And then Amanda, I know people can follow your journey somewhere on social media too. Where yeah. is that? Um, you can do at Instagram at avarn 95 and then on Facebook, it's three to breathe and it's all one word. It's number three, two, D-O, and then breathe. And that's where you can find all my updates and all what's going on. So it's updated between me, my mom, my dad, and then my cousin-in-law, Emily, will also do updates. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. We'll be sure to check in. That's three to breathe. And then, of course, Avarns uh, on Instagram. So uh, thanks so much, Amanda. We will see everyone next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye.